Good morning, and welcome to my podcast on Simple Faith. Hey, it's so good to be with you once again. Let's begin our time with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you again for the privilege and the opportunity. And I thank you for the potential that your word brings to our lives and that your presence brings to us. I pray, Father, that today, once again, you would bless us with the infilling of the Holy Spirit, that he would go to our heart and open it, that it would be receptive to your word, that he would penetrate our minds, that we would read this, not just as something that was written so long ago and to a particular group of people, but that we would read it in a fashion whereby we proclaim its truth as it applies to the individual. And then, Lord, open our lives that we would be obedient to the things that you show us. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, friends, turn with me to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to pick up at the uh, 15th verse as you're turning there. Let me just tell you that I'm going to be reading out of the Amplified Version. So if my Bible sounds a little different than yours, that's the reason why. Also, I want to just tell you that the book of Ephesians, uh, much like the book of, uh, that was written to the Romans, is unique in that both of these books are written in a fashion where Paul is giving to them instruction, he's giving to them encouragement, he's building up their faith. Uh, whereas if you were to read some of the other books like like uh, First and Second Corinthians and all these others, he's dealing with specific problems within the church. But in Ephesians, that's not the case. Ephesians, he's reminding them of the faith that they have. He's reminding them of the provision of the faith by God through the work of Jesus Christ on earth, through his shed blood, through his resurrection, and the fact that God has purposefully called us to be believers. And he has given to us a purpose-driven life. Verse 15, Paul says, For this reason, for all the things that I've set up to now, for this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of Him. For we know the Father through the Son. Let's pause for a moment. Let's break down these three verses. Let's see what is God trying to say to us as believers. Even though Paul directed these words to the Ephesians, to those at Ephesus, 
Here's what he's saying. I pray for you. And I remember you in my prayers. And I always pray this. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Father of glory, would grant to each one of us a spirit of wisdom and of revelation. In other words, making himself known. That gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight. Catch that. Don't let those words escape you. Paul is saying, listen, I want the Father of glory to give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation that does this. It gives to us as individuals a deep, personal, and intimate insight into the true knowledge of Him. Deep. You and I are to grow daily in our relationship with our Lord and Savior. Personal. The words that we read are not just words that were spoken to a certain group of people. The Word of God is the revelation of God to mankind. The things that Jesus said, the things that Jesus did, all pointed the way to the Father. He was setting for us an example. And he modeled that example by living a personal relationship with his father where he practiced daily going to the mountains to pray. Where he practiced daily surrendering himself to the will of the father. Even to the point of surrendering himself to the cross death for sins that he never committed but for those who committed sins he became the sin offering he became the way of redemption it is personal my mom can't get me to heaven my dad can't get me to heaven my aunt my uncle my brother my sister I don't care who it is who might have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that I know just because I know someone who has that relationship with him doesn't mean that I myself will experience that relationship. I cannot emphasize this enough that we need to have and we need to maintain a personal relationship that grows daily. Paul said of his own walk with the Lord, I die daily. Because as he says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. If Christ lives in us, then we love the things that he loves. And the one thing that he loved above all else was the Father and doing the Father's will. And then intimate insight means that we grasp things that others may not be able to see because of our relationship. It is close. It is intimate. Into the knowledge of Him, 
for we know the Father through the Son. How do we know God the Father? We look at His Son, who modeled for us exactly what a child of God would look like and what they would do. Let's pick back up in verse 18. And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened. In other words, flooded with the light by the Holy Spirit so that you will know and cherish the hope the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, in other words, in God's people. Let me pause and break that down again. Paul is saying, listen, I pray, and my prayer is this, that you might have the, that the eyes of your heart would be open, the heart being the very core, the very center of our being, the very thing that keeps us balanced would be enlightened. In other words, flooded with the light by the Holy Spirit. That's why when I pray at the beginning, I say, Holy Spirit, open our hearts that we would be receptive. Receptive to what? Receptive to the Word of God and receptive not just to the words that are written on the page, but receptive to what God is showing you as an individual as you both hear the word and then as you read it yourself and invite the Holy Spirit to teach you, then we have light flooding in and we know, and not only do we know, but we cherish the hope which is the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which each of us have been called, the glorious, uh, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people. Friends, could I just lovingly tell you once more, you are a saint because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. And also because of that relationship, you are God's people. Verse 19. And so that you will begin to know what the measurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power in us who believe, these are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength. Again, Paul is saying to them, he's saying to us that God gives us these things that we will begin to know the immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power. Our God is not dead. Our God is alive. Our God is active. We may not see him. But he is active and working on our behalf. Why? Because he wants to give us an abundance of a life that we would never know without him. Verse 20. Which he produced 
in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. In other words, God put Christ on the throne on the right side, the right side indicative of power. And so Christ has been seated in a place of power far above all rule and authority, verse 21, and power and dominion, whether angelic or human, and far above every name that is named, above every title that can be conferred. I don't care if you're a king, a queen, a bishop, a pope, whatever your title is, Christ is above it. Not only in this age and world, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in every realm in subjection under Christ's feet and appointed him, Christ, as supreme and authoritative head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fulfillness, the fulfillness of him who fills and completes all things in all believers. Friends, Christ is the head of the body. Christ has modeled for us all the benefits of the kingdom and of being a kingdom resident. And because it has been appointed to him and given to him supreme and authoritative power to be head over all things in the church, which is also representative of his body, and to be the fulfillment of him who fills and completes all things in all believers, we have a life of abundance. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, once again for your precious, precious word. I thank you how it produces in us new thoughts, new insight, new direction as the Holy Spirit guides us. Father, to you be the glory in Jesus' name. Friends, it's been so good to be with you. I thoroughly enjoy our time together. Would you do me a favor? Would you retweet this message? Would you send it out through Instagram? Would you put it on Facebook? Just share it with someone. Even if you don't do those things, would you go to your neighbor, your friend, your relative, and would you say, could I tell you what God has shown me in his word? God loves you. I love you. God bless you.